When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Chamber of Secret Books podcast. As always, because it hasn't changed, I'm Cameron, the host. And today, we're going to be talking about A Good Girl's Guide to Fantasy. I haven't done a water break in a while, but I mean a water ASMR check. Because you know what? Recently, I'm not kidding. I have been dabbling with the idea of starting a book ASMR channel. Like on TikTok. I feel like, because I was thinking about it. And I said, because I'm, you know... Obviously, coming up with new content all the time is a bit difficult. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, we're going to be candid here. And I was thinking, like, okay, what type of content do I enjoy consuming on TikTok and on YouTube? And I realized that the only thing I've been watching lately is ASMR. I'm just obsessed with it. It puts me in such a calm mood. And makes me stop thinking about all the woes that I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a damn second. Why aren't I combining ASMR and books? I feel like there's an untapped market for it. Um, but I haven't really figured out the logistics yet. And I don't know how to connect a microphone to a phone. And I'm sure a simple Google search will help me with my inquiries. But... I am too lazy, so for now, you'll get me screaming on TikTok at the Chamber of Secret Books. Chamber of Secret Books, god damn it. Um, okay, here's our ASMR break. <laughs> Can you guess what it is? It's sparkling water. Because here in Italy, because remember I moved here, um, that's the only thing they drink, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't even have to ask before dinner. They just give it to me. Who is texting me? Who is texting me? And interrupting the pod, no less. Sip break. Ah. <laughs> okay. We've got some work to do with the ASMR. But anyways, before we start today's episode, as always, let's talk about other things that I like. And I'm going to talk about my current read. And I will also be talking about shows, a show that I like, which I can't remember if I if I said this on the last episode but I'm gonna repeat it because it's so goddamn good and some of the best writing in a show I am I'm having deja vu like I did say this but why am I such an idiot and why has it taken me this long when it came out in 2014 it's girls 
by Lena Dunham, who I have to think that she's a genius. I remember the only thing I remember about her because back in the day I didn't watch girls, but I remember that there was some drama around her and that she was canceled for something. I want to say she was like, oh my God, literally who is texting? We don't do that. Let me silence everyone. Hide alerts. Jesus. They think this is amateur season here, Mal. Malfoy's with me, my dog, my English bulldog. They don't know. They don't know that this is high quality stuff that we're doing here, okay? They think they can just walk all over us. But we won't let them. No, we won't. Anyways, back to girls. All I remember is that there was some drama around her. And um, I don't know. I guess that like subconsciously got into my perception of her and I thought I didn't like her but after watching this show I'm on season three after watching this show I am a hardcore Lena Dunham fan I think she captures girlhood and you know the grossness of being a girl which we don't we don't talk about it I feel we don't show it And I love how, not in a pervy way, but I love how naked she is in the show. Like, I just, I think it's really empowering, personally. And I absolutely love Adam Driver. I don't know if I'm supposed to. I feel like I've heard bad things about his character, but, you know, I've got got a taste for the toxicity. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, I don't mind it. I don't mind him yelling at me. And you know what? I would say that my love language is also yelling. So I identify with it, if I'm being honest. So that is what I've been currently watching. What I've currently been reading. Okay, let's take, let's turn the page (laughs) to a sadder note. I was told by none only than every single human being who's read this book that I should read A Little Life. Ew, first of all, I say to you, ew to everyone who recommended it. And I've seen the videos. I've seen the the viral vids of people sobbing, just, you know, losing it, devastation after reading this book. And I thought, these girls really know how to put on a show. I didn't really consider it to be real, if I'm being honest. You know, obviously a book can make you sad, but I'm like, there's no way that this many people is having this like a visceral reaction to the same book um which is kind of naive and stupid of me i'm only halfway through it's a long it's a it's a long boy it's a big boy um and nothing like crazy has happened yet but already it feels like these characters are are people that you knew once it i start thinking of them in memories that they obviously haven't been in because they're fictional but that's how just like just real and descriptive the writing is that I genuinely feel like these are my friends and I feel like I'm a part of this world this little in this little apartment that they all hang out in like they all have such unique identities insanity they're so complex it's such a it's such a real world. I don't know how this author, who I do not, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce their name. I don't know how they know so much about so many things. It's really pissing me off how smart they are. And then I read my own book that I wrote, and I know 
a little bit about some things, okay? But the, the, the amount of things, every sentence contains extraordinary details about different professions, different hobbies, different places, different cultures. And I'm like, how long did it take you to write this goddamn book? I'm upset. I'm upset by how brilliant it is. And I know without a doubt in my head that it will destroy me. I have no, no doubt. With every certainty, this book will kill me. It made me realize how much books really do affect you. <laughs> that sounds so stupid. Maybe realize how much books affect you. Like, I didn't realize. But... I've been in like a somber mood recently and I'm just like going through my mundane tasks, my routines and nothing's changed. Nothing's, you know, nothing's happened to me. And I'm like, why am I just feeling so blue all the time? Cue Phoebe Bridger's song. And then I realized it's because this this book, this book, this cursed book, these these devastating dense pages are really taking a toll on my psyche both good and bad so i i've had actually one more thing and then we'll get into the fantasy um i had to switch it up i had to because it was killing me so now i'm reading butcher (laughs) this is such a difference butcher and the blackbird it's called and it's about two serial killers who specifically kill other serial killers so outrageous so unrealistic but i've heard that the spice is good and i just need something spicy and fun i need some mutt in my life okay smut keeps this girl waking up and i haven't had the desire to wake up recently because of this stupid book and nothing that's the thing nothing sad may i re-emphasize that nothing sad has happened yet so I can't even imagine the parts that are making these readers upset. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. So, you know what? Next week's episode, if I if I get into it, if I crack down and read those pages, it might it might just be a silent episode. I don't know. Or it might just be me crying for 30 minutes. Um, it's hard to say. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Trigger warnings galore. First of all, let me just preface that if you're interested in sad books that really like make you think about your yourself and your friendships and relationships with other people and your body, you think about your body a lot. I'm thinking about my body between girls and this book. I'm thinking about my body more than I want to in both good and bad ways. I feel like I I got excited and I was going to say something and now I completely forgot. And now the thought was lost. It's absolutely gone. Goodbye, thought. You will be missed. You will be missed. Anyways, let's get let's get cracking into it, shall we? We're talking about fantasy today. Why? 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 I've been like I said, the little life has, you know, put me in a very introspective mood. I've been thinking about who I once was, who I am, and I've, you know, inevitably gone down my own TikTok and sort of looked at the videos that I was once creating. Maybe I'm going through an identity crisis. I don't know. But I saw how much fantasy romance books used to consume my very being, my soul. It's probably how I first got into reading, I would say. I think my first introduction into obsessive reading 
besides Nancy Drew was definitely Spiderwick Chronicles by Holly Black. Fantasy. Harry Potter. <laughs> the Chamber of Secret Books podcast. Harry Potter was a uh, it was a life changing series to find at the time when I found them. Um, and so I just feel like fantasies had a real big impact on me and my creativity because I love reading about world building and I don't do it anymore that I've been in a sad girl kick and I just thought Sarah J Moss if you know her she's the author of several best-selling series including Throne of Glass including Crescent City including a Court of Thorns and Roses. And that is how I first got into book talk in the first place. I mean, I saw a few videos about about this, like, these winged men. And in my head, I was like, how the F do these men have wings and are still hot? I don't get it. How stupid and stupid was I? Back, if you know, you know. There's no one hotter than a man with wings. And it makes me really upset that I'll never see one on the street just flying towards me. It makes me really upset, if you wanted to know. And I just, it really impassioned me. Is that a word? Is that a word? Impassioned? Impassioned? Yes. Let's hear it. I said it correct. It impassioned me. I hope... It impassioned my, no, now the word's losing its meaning. I don't know. But anyways, it fueled my, my ability to make videos, to write, I think. And I just really credit fantasy writers. And Sarah J. Maas, one of the series that she's written is called Crescent City, House of Blood and Earth. I think it's called. And the third one just came out recently. Did I read the second one? No. No, I did not. <laughs> Don't tell her. Sarah. But I will one day. They are just, they're big, hefty books. But they're so good. She's got to be one of the best action writers and world building and spice. The girl can write about tension. Which leads me to the first book that I will be bringing up. And that is A Court of Thorns and Roses. Is this revolutionary? No. Okay. You have to enter the magical kingdom of Sarah J. Mass. I mean, her world, her world crafting, right, is, is so intricate. And the romantic tension is so thick that you could cut it with a dagger. So, I mean, and re... Oh my God! How do you say his name? Rizans, 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 um, and I think she probably invented the word shipping. You know, I mean, you and you will get whiplash from being from shipping one person with another person with another person. It's insane what she does, and the will they or won't they? Spoiler: They probably will, but not without a lot of trauma and baggage and fighting. And hot, hot, like, arguments. Just, she's a, she's a really great writer. And I know that she, she does have some controversy around her. <sighs> I know. Now, what is the controversy? I don't actually know, but I know that it exists. There is a discussion, a discourse around her as an author. But right now, I'm just going to be talking about the books themselves. I think 
If you don't know, if you like fantasy, A Court of Thorns and Roses is exactly what you need. In case anyone doesn't know what the series is about, I thought I would give a, a, a quick synopsis of the first book. It is based on a Beauty and the Beast retelling. I remember seeing that as the, the comp and I thought, hmm, that's interesting because Beauty and the Beast, I was obsessed with that as a child and I guess some things never change. The desire to, you know, to be the one that changes a beast, you know, or to be the girl that changes beast into a man. It really stuck with me. Okay, so A Court of Thorns and Roses is a captivating fantasy novel that follows the journey of Fair Acheron. She's a skilled huntress forced into a magical land of the fairies as punishment for killing a wolf, which was, in fact, a fairy in disguise. Oops. Oops. And you know what? There's a lot of cliches in the book, okay? I'm not saying it's perfect, but for me personally, I don't mind it. I don't mind that fair, that Farah, Farah, fair. I used to, see, this is what I mean. I used to know how to say these things. I used to look up the pronunciations. Pronounce, oh my God. But now I've turned into this a mumbling fool who doesn't know how to pronounce these fantasy words. Damn it. So there's a lot of cliches. She is, without a doubt, kind of your typical like she's the equivalent of like someone who doesn't wear makeup you know girls who don't wear makeup and then kind of shame other girls for wearing it they're like oh like that's so funny that you wear makeup it's actually like my skin actually looks worse when I put foundation on it's crazy like it's just so perfect that when I put it on it just looks a little crazy like oh my god is she a doll is she human you know she Farah is the equivalent of that um, but with that being said, I, I'm very good at closing one eye and, you know, and reading on, I'm in it for the, the, first of all, the creativity, the world building, we've established that. And I think that these fairies that Sarah J Maas has created are not what you're thinking, you know, there's no Tinkerbells here. Okay. These are powerful, powerful. Can I reemphasize powerful? men <laughs> okay muscles bulging veins glistening they stop you in your tracks is all i'll say okay so i kept reading for that and full disclosure the first book sucks ass in comparison to the rest of the series but it kept me you know intrigued enough that i continued reading anyways so she kills a fairy right and she's like, oops, sorry, my family just was starving to death. Um, what do you want me to do? Because she's the only one that knows how to hunt in her family. Because um, they used to be rich, then they lost all their money, and now she has to take care of everyone. She's like that type of girl, you know. And in this fairy realm, fairies got, Feyre, sorry, fair. I don't know why they would name her Fair. I feel like I said it right before. Feyre, Feyre, Feyre. Anyways, in this treacherous fairy realm, she has to navigate the political intrigue, the challenges. There's challenges that she has to complete. And yeah, you guessed it, a complex web of relationships. And what I love most are the fairy courts. If I hear that there are courts in a book, I immediately buy it. I love 
the drama, the scheming that comes along with courts. I love masquerades, anything to do with that. And this is this series is filled with it. So while she's initially hostile towards her captor, right? Because she is forced to live on this magical land with um, this guy. <laughs> um, suddenly, something starts to change in, okay? She's looking at him like, ooh, um, when did you get so hot and golden, okay? And then an unexpected alliance forms. And then perhaps a forbidden romance. And it's magic. It's romance. It's perilous adventures. And the first book really sets the stage for the larger tale that unfolds across the series. It's so good. So good. I can't emphasize it enough. So please give it a read. Um, Throne of Glass series, also incredible. That's way longer, a lot more books. I think A Court of Thrones and Roses has like four books, if I'm correct. And genuinely, Cassian... I don't think I've stopped looking for him in everyone I see. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Cassian lover. Um, so that's all I'll say about that. Moving on. Next, we're going to go a little more YA because I discovered this book in high school and While I did cut class all the time in high school, I was really bad. I did it all the time. Senior year, I think I was in school for a total of three days. You know, before that freshman year, I was, you know, a very diligent student. And this book is the one that I I literally stayed home from school because I was mourning finishing this series. It changed me that much. Cassandra Clare, so brilliant. I can't. Sorry, I don't want to yell. <laughs> I don't want to yell. I'm not going to yell. But just know that I am biting my tongue right now because sh- the Shadow Hunters universe, like she is the queen, the queen of demon slangs, of love triangles, um, like runes, runes. There's so many runes. It's such an intricate world and so many roller coasters. Every character has a secret and it's just, it's wild and it's fantastical and it's slightly chaotic and it is, will tear your heart in half with not smut. It's not smut. It's not like spicy. Don't. So from that that's even saying something more for me to feel as strongly as I did reading this series. I remember exactly where I was sitting when there this one scene happened with the character Will Herondale. And like, I still feel exactly what I felt in high school. Like, I just remember my heart literally it just dropped to the center of my stomach. And I just, I... It felt like someone had put a piano on my chest and I couldn't breathe. And I said, mom, mommy, mommy, there's no way I can go to school tomorrow in this state of distress that I'm in. And she was like, my mom is the coolest. And she said, honey, I totally get it. Take as many days as you need. And thus, I did not go to school. So let's talk about Clockwork Angel, which is the series that I will be that changed me. It's the first book in the Infernal Devices trilogy. And the reason what captive, like, 
first drew me to it was that it's set in Victorian London. Um, hello? Anything set in Victorian London with fantasy and romance? I mean, you might, you, you could tattoo that on me. That is me in a book. So, um, after a journey from New York, she somehow one way or another discovers that she has the ability to shapeshift and soon she becomes entangled in this shadowy world of shadow hunters who are demon hunters with angelic powers so interesting is it not it's so unique so tessa tessa who another sorry another reason why i read this book was because i was obsessed with after uh the harry styles fan fiction we're not going to talk about it but the reason why the author named the main character tessa was because she liked this series and i said hello give me give me give me let me read read wait is that true wait i might have just lied one second I don't know if that's the bronze horse. You turn me inside out and then you walk me outside in. Tatiana. Okay, I don't know what I'm thinking of, but let's say I'm right, okay? So, Tessa finds herself in the company of none other than Will Herondale and Jem Carstairs. Two very mysterious, very hot, very dark and brooding, captivating shadow hunters. And together, they're in Victorian London and they they start to get some supernatural threats, okay? Some dark secrets. And they've got to navigate a dangerous world with warlocks, vampires, and clockwork creatures. And as she learns more about her identity and her powers... Um, at first she's resisting it, but she eventually becomes a key player, um, and a key player in the, in the love triangle that unfolds between the two of them. You know, it's a good love triangle when you are rooting for them both and you love all three of the characters so much. I think Twilight is a good example of, I'm sorry, but it's always going to be Edward. There's no doubt in your mind that it's not going to be Edward. But this series, Jem and Will, are are equal. They're on equal battlefields, okay? They've got the same weapons. They're both beautiful men. And I mean that internally and externally. So it was just... It, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Not only does the action, obviously, but the love really really beautiful oh my god I freaking love Cassandra Clare she was a defining defining inspiration for I think why I started writing um I mean I've just and that's like I remember when people would say like oh I don't like reading and I'm like they don't know they don't know what's out there they don't know Cassandra Clare the maestro of shadow hunters um, it's just a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. And I would totally reread it if I didn't have 4,000 books on my TBR. Um, I love it. And I can't believe that didn't get turned into a TV show, but Shadow Hunters did. Um, the one, cause she has two series. This is obviously takes place in Victorian era. And then she has another series that takes place in modern day. And that became a TV show, which I still watched every episode, but I'm just confused anyways moving on we have we have 
We have one more recommendation, which is a little different. It's not romance, but I don't want to, you know, only include romance and and lose some people who aren't interested in that because I get it, you know? I get it. I don't, but I understand. I sympathize. I, I'm open-minded. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about R.F. Kuang. Yep. R.F. Kuang is a literary sorceress, okay? Um, she's brilliant right off the bat. Just know that she is a genius. She's brilliant. I'm pretty sure she's getting her PhD currently at Oxford or something insane like that, which makes sense because you'll see what her books are. Her books are dark academia fantasy. Her books are known for a fusion of fantasy, history, and obviously a generous sprinkle of chaos magic. Um, you know, I would say you should, before reading it, you should prepare that there are going to be epic clashes. There's going to be political... Okay, I looked up this word. I wrote this down. Political machinations that will make Machiavelli take notes. <laughs> guys like that alliteration we're going to be talking about Babel specifically she also wrote the poppy wars which I have not read yet but I've heard amazing things about the fantasy in in those books but Babel is what I have read and I I mean I okay I gotta stop acting so like in awe and shocked and surprised and in love with all these authors but truly I don't know how they're so smart. Babel is probably one of the greatest books of all time, I'd say. It's going down in history for speculative fiction, for historical fantasy. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. This book has, I think, changed what we know to be fantasy. I mean, it's written with an academic lens. So there are footnotes. It's hefty, people. It's the size of a dictionary. And it's daunting. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. There are some parts that maybe are not as um, captivating. The plot maybe loses itself for a second. But I feel like for something this long, that's sort of inevitable. But it takes place in 1830s Oxford, England. And that's kind of the reason why I picked it up was because my dream back in the day was to go to Oxford. We're not going to talk about it because obviously that didn't happen, which is fine because then I watched Saltburn and I said, oh my God, maybe I don't want to do that. Um, but we have Robin Swift and he is orphaned by cholera and is living in Canton, China. And then he's brought to London. You know, this mysterious man pops up, this professor, and is like, hey, come with me to London. And trains this little boy randomly in Latin, ancient Greek, Chinese. Um, he already knows Chinese. But he is immersed in languages. And finally, the day comes that he is enrolled at Oxford's prestigious Royal Institute of Translation, also known as Babel. <laughs> um, the tower and its students are the world center for translation. Okay, sure. But this is the twist. It's not just languages. Languages are the key to what? To magic and silver working. And it's so great. Like, I don't know. That's why I get so 
riled up because I don't know how someone thinks of this. That the art of manifesting the meaning lost in translation between words, they use these like enchanted silver bars and say a word, a translation, and sudden and that fuels and powers the magic in the silver bar. I mean, it's unlike literally anything you'll ever read in your life. Okay, and while Oxford is a utopia for, you know, knowledge, sure, knowledge obeys power. And this is a quote. And as a Chinese boy raised in Britain, Robin realizes serving Babel means betraying his motherland. As his studies progress, he finds himself caught between Babel and the shadowy Hermes Society, an organization dedicated to stopping imperial expansion. So it's, you know, very much got, it's a commentary on capitalism, on colonialism, on imperialism. It's just brilliant. And to combine all these themes into a fantasy book, I just, I can't express it enough. And I feel as though I require... I'm required to share a quote. So let's look up my favorite quotes. And I also recommend the audiobook for this um, because it, like I said, it's a big book. So I, I read some of it and then I listened to it, you know, when I was, when I was basic um, and it, it really did help. And it was a great, it was a great, great audiobook. Here's a quote. This is how colonialism works. It convinces us that the fallout from resistance is entirely our fault and that the immoral decision is resistance itself rather than the circumstances that demands it. She's just a beautiful writer and she's, you know, she has a background in academia. There's no denying that when you see her writing, when you read it, it's, it's there, it's present. It's difficult, I would say, to understand, but when you can like get into the rhythm of it and just keep reading, you'll get lost in this world. I feel like I can guarantee that. Here's another quote. Grief suffocated, grief paralyzed, grief was cruel, heavy boot pressed so hard against his chest that he could not breathe. So it is academic, but it also really speaks to the human experience um, to, you know, um, what it feels like to be someone on the outside, you know, to have all this brilliance and still not be accepted. It's honestly like I can't, I, I just can't. Another quote, be selfish, he whispered, be brave, be selfish, so hard, it's so hard, ugh, frick, it's so good. Anyways, those are my book recommendations for fantasy. I think this is a, a, a starting point for anyone who is maybe scared. Um, maybe don't start with, with something, no, or do, or do whatever you want, start with Babel. Start with Poppy Wars. If you know you don't like romance, um, Poppy Wars, I think, has romance. But there's not really romance in Babel. Anyways, those are my book recommendations. As always, I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you're reading. I hope you're loving. I haven't come up with a catchphrase yet. But keep reading. Rock on. And enjoy your the rest of your day, you know? 
you know, let me know what you've been reading. I want to know. I want to know. Okay, love you the most. TTYL, ciao, ciao. You can find me on the Chamber of Secret Books on Instagram and Chamber of Secret Books on TikTok. And I wrote a book called I'll Look For You Everywhere. And maybe something's coming out soon with that. But you didn't hear it from me. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.